There are so many setbacks in life designed to take you down, to knock you out, to beat you into submission. They seem bigger than you, stronger than you, and smarter than you. Defeat is easy because all you have to do is call out its name, turn around, and go home. The moment, though, you begin to see your setbacks for what they really are and whose you really are is the moment that something great will begin to awaken inside of you. Realize that you were put on this earth for a reason. You were designed with a purpose, so there must be a way to beat them. Look closer and you'll see that the very setbacks designed to take you out have a huge flaw. The greatest weakness is that all their strength can easily overcome one person. So if you battle by yourself, church, listen, you will lose every time. But when you realize you're not alone, when you get up, when you look them right in the eyes and you begin your assault, battle ready, if you will. Before long, you become your setback's greatest adversary, forcing it to submit to a heavenly authority, easily overcome and easily defeated. You took that setback, you put it under your feet, and you used it as a step up towards fulfilling your calling and God's purpose in your life. Now you're at your greatest because God is great in you. Don't feed the lies of the setbacks in your path because your setbacks can become God's divine set ups for a miraculous comeback. Every week, y'all just fire it up. I love it. You just fire it up to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Fired up for this series, Come Back. So glad you are here. Would you help me welcome all of the campuses at all the campus locations? We love you guys. Love you, love you, love you. Led by some incredible staff, incredible leaders and volunteers. Um, hey, last week I didn't mention this, but I know some of you are like, um, you're asking me and you're wondering like, what's up with the new microphone? Um, I, I, guys, I don't know except to say I'm just getting sick and tired of a headset. And um, I, I want to try something new. And so I've been trying the handheld microphone. The headset just feels so, I don't know, constraining. As Bishop T.D. Jakes would say, brother, thou art loosed. <laughs> right? So I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just trying something new. I might go back to the headset. I might, I might rotate back and forth. Uh, who knows? Um, so a few things before we jump in. Some of you guys have been asking me about a few things, and, and, and it's very, very important. Um, first of all, the Christmas tree is still standing. <laughs> and if you're new and you have no idea what that's about, um, just know that I've got a tree inside my house that I have no idea how I'm going to get it out, and I don't even want to approach the subject because I'm afraid I'm going to sin and be angry. And it, it's, it's, so the productions team, because really a lot, of, a lot of you are asking, it's amazing the things you ask me about. Um, and <laughs> the productions team has asked if they could come over and video the removal of the Christmas tree. And I don't know, but I, I, I did have this thought. I'm like, if the camera's on me, I'm likely to handle it a little better. <laughs> right? So, so that's going on, and uh, that's going to happen. Oh, one other thing you guys have asked me about a lot, and I'm sorry I didn't tell you about this months ago because it was due months ago. Um, the book was submitted on time, and, yeah, I'm excited about it. It's your story. It's, it's the wrecked and redeemed story of New Hope Church, and so really, really excited. Hey, um, who's excited to be here today? 
Who, who's excited for Sweet 16? Sweet 16. Vision Day, two weeks from now, we're going to turn 16 years old, and uh, I just want to encourage all of you who have helped us for the last three years, I want to thank you, thank you, thank you for your incredible contribution to Hope Rising as we have spread hope all over the world, and I just want to challenge you, challenge you, challenge you at all campus locations to join Amy Lynn and I and finish strong as we fulfill our pledges on January 28th, which is our sweet 16 birthday. Let's go get this and let's finish strong, right? Let's finish strong. So last week we started a series called Comeback. And um, just by way of review, I want to just kind of review some things that we covered to catch everybody back up to speed, especially if you weren't here last week. I said this last Sunday. Why don't you just read this out loud with me? Ready, go. Your most powerful first step might be admitting you need to come back. And Yeah, amen is right. And I, I shared quite transparently last week that my word, my word, I always challenge you to pick a word for the year. What's, what's your word? What's, what's going to be your focus? And, and I confessed to you last week that my word last year at this time, a year ago, was what, church? It was comeback. It was comeback, and so this is a real personal series for me. You choose your word. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you choose comeback. you got to choose a word that fits for you, but we're doing this series titled Comeback, and I mentioned this. The first most powerful step many of you could take is just admitting that there's some area in your life that you need a comeback. The second thing I said was this. Out loud, go. Setbacks can be divine setups for God's comeback. Oh, my Lord, that resonated with so many of you. I mean, I heard so many comments, and it, and it hit social media. By the way, I, I, don't, I can't explain this. I can't explain this. 41, slightly over 41,000 people were reached last week on the Internet through the series Comeback. 41,000. I, I I don't know if it's the title of the series or what because people are just looking for a comeback, but it blew our minds. We're not saying 41,000 people watched it. What we know is that 41,000 people plus, it, it showed up on their Facebook feed, so they were checking it out in some way, shape, or form. Incredible. And this statement right here really resonated with you. Setbacks can be divine what? For God's comeback. Very very important. And then I wrapped up last week, wrapped up with this. If you need a comeback, the solution begins with? Praise. Begins with what? Praise. And then you'll remember last week we went into that old, old hymn, I exalt thee, right? And hands raised up all over this place, and we just worshiped Almighty God last week. Maybe, maybe more passionately and engagingly than I have ever seen. It was incredible. And the point that I made is that comebacks don't necessarily start by just trying harder. Remember that? It's not just about I'm going to try harder. We all try harder. And the reason uh, we love New Year's resolutions is because we all get fired up to try harder at New Year's. How's that working out for you? It typically doesn't work out that well, does it not? And so it's not about trying harder. The first step 
is about simply praising God where you are. On the mountain or in the valley or anywhere in between, if I'm going to have a comeback, I must learn to practice praise. Praise his holy name. So last week, what I talked to you about, and I said this before I closed up, I said this is, this, so many of you came up to me afterwards and go, is that really true? It's not too late, and you are never too far gone to have a comeback. Oh, my Lord. I literally had, had folks, one guy particularly, he, 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 he said it to me, and then he, he found me again later in the day, and he said it again. Is that real? Is that true? With a tear in his eye. Is, is that true? You are never, or it's not too late, and you are never what? Too far to have a comeback. So if you just kind of put it together, here's what we talked about last week. The power of praise. Everybody say the power of praise. The power of praise. That was the very first step in you and I getting on our way, finding ourselves in relationship with God to experience a comeback. It's the power of praise. Here's what I want to talk to you about today. The power of grit. The power of what? The power of grit. Now, I got I to gotta, I gotta tell you, I'm, I want to try to be careful here, because here's, but here's what I firmly believe. I believe we as a country, we are losing the power of grit. I believe if you look around at our country, one of the reasons why many other countries are starting to supersede us, if you will, in terms of productivity and work ethic and this and that is because we as America, we have lost or we are losing grit. I, I believe we lose it in our parenting. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. I, I, believe, I believe, listen closely, parents. Your job, yes, is to show your kids that you love them. Amen, I agree. Extravagant love. Unbelievable grace. Can I get an amen? amen. But what's happening to discipline? Well, what's happening to teaching our kids hard work? What's happening to teaching our kids, put your stinking cell phone down and get outside? Right? About 40% of you got excited about that. Uh, and, and I was trying, I was trying this week to figure out how I was going to um, communicate this and how I'm trying to, to, to help us understand that we are losing our grittiness as a nation. And I hadn't quite figured it out when I went into my family room and sat down on my couch beside that ginormous tree that I have no idea how I'm going to get out. And I turned on the television and I stumbled upon the old Howie Mandel. You remember this guy? Howie, Howie Mandel has a show. I didn't even know he had a show. He had a show out where it's about stand-up comedians. And the first one I saw, the very first one I saw, I believe was a gift from Almighty God. And Almighty God whispered, you need to show that to the church. So get ready. It might be some awkward moments, but I don't care who you are. This right here is funny. Check it out. This next guy is an old friend of the festival. Please welcome, and I am a friend of his, and I think he's hysterical, the very funny Orny Adams. 
Have I uh, offended anybody yet? <laughs> It'll happen. It happens like that nowadays. The little uh, millennials, you know what I'm saying? They've gotten soft. You've gotten a little soft. Watch this. What are you allergic to? Nothing! <laughs> Nothing! Luton wouldn't take down our generation. We're tougher. We didn't have bottled water. No, we drank out of a hose. <laughs> Wasn't even our hose. We went up to a house we didn't know, and we turned it on, and dirt flew out, and spider eggs, and lead. Lead runs through my vein. Lead runs through my vein. Filtered water? That's what our kidneys are for. We drank out of a hose, somebody's house, because we weren't allowed into our house until 5 p.m. I don't know what all the adults were doing until 5 p.m. because we weren't allowed into the house. My friend Sean got hit by a car. We sat outside his house until 5 p.m. We were gone all day. The parents said, get lost, be back at 5 p.m. And if we didn't come back, they just had another kid. They changed too much. The arrogance. You came onto our planet and you changed the way we sneeze for thousands of years. This was fine. The hand was made for sneezing. That works perfectly. This ricochets back into your face. <laughs> We're sick all the time. Everyone's like, oh, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. Do you want to know why you're sick all the time? Do you understand? Let me explain to you something, okay? Because you represent the, the future, which is disturbed. Get close on his face. Get as close to his face as you can. You get closer. You pull in closer. Right on the kid's face. Look at this. Look at this. With braces and everything. Does any of this make sense to you yet? Does anything I'm saying make sense to you? I, I, I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, you should be confused. You should be. You really should be. Let me tell you something. You want to know why this, this, this doesn't work? What is your name? Tom, let me explain to you why this doesn't work. I wash my hands several times a day. I've never washed this. Oh, <laughs> I don't care who you are. That's funny right there. I don't care who you are. But after we laugh, come on, come on, after we laugh, it's not really a laughing matter. I believe in the core of my being that we are losing grittiness as a country. And I believe in the core of my being it's going to cost us far more than we can even imagine. 
I actually believe, and I tweeted this out early, early, early this morning, and, and I can't prove it, and I might be wrong. I can't give you a verse for what I'm about to say. But I've been at this a while, and my whole life, my whole life has been characterized by being knocked down, knocked down, knocked down. And I believe, again, in the core of my being, that the most important word in having a comeback to being a comeback kind of person is grit. Grit. And I might be wrong, and you might have a different opinion, and I would be glad to hear that, but I believe everybody, listen, I think you all received a piece of sandpaper on the way in at all of our campus locations. Take that out. Take that out. Maybe just, maybe just play with it in your hands as I teach today. But here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to throw it away. I want you to actually put it somewhere where you'll see it on a regular basis, in the console of your car or on your nightstand or carry it in your pocket. Are you, are you a gritty person? If you know anything about sandpaper, you know that there is a rating. Sandpaper has a certain kind of grittiness. And I'll never forget being a little, little boy going to the hardware store with my dad and for the first time experiencing sandpaper. And then I went home and he made me sand this piece of furniture all day long. Maybe that's, maybe that's why I don't forget it. But if you remember and you, you know these things, there, there's, a, there's a rating system to grit. And sandpaper has a grit rating. The higher the number, the, the less gritty you are. The higher the number, the finer the sandpaper is. I've handed you some of the grittiest sandpaper we could find this week. And the masses of humanity camp out in this area right here. Oh, I just touched it. I am so sorry. You got This thing is sensitive. But these production people are more timely than how sensitive this television is. Can you give it up for them? Because they are awesome. I can't get too close. But the, but the majority of, of human beings today, and it's not just in America, but I'm just camping out here for a moment. They live over here. And parents, you're raising your kids, some of you, to live over here. And I believe the job of the parent is to, like I said, extravagant love and grace, but also work hard to make sure you're raising some tough, gritty steadfast young people because if you don't and this is why this is important this is not just some dude up here who's you know like pumped up on testosterone no this is why this is so important if you don't raise your kids to be tough the world will eat their lunch every day and twice on sunday it will kick their butt this is a tough world in which we live in and so you want to think through, parent, the best parenting is, is seeing the child that you want to raise when they're grown and then backing into that. Start with the vision, what am I trying to raise, and then raise your child in that kind of way. And this is not a parenting sermon by any means, but it's just important for us to think about. But then it's also important for you to think about as an individual, are you a gritty person? Because here's why. Gritty people 
experience comebacks. Write it in. It's in your teaching notes. You might be already feeling guilty like you're not a, you're not a greedy person. Well, to take heart. Because by the end of this message, I'm hoping to help you with some steps by which you can increase your grittiness. But gritty people experience comebacks. Now, comebacks come in two versions. Two versions. One, underdogs who triumph. Any underdogs in the house? Any underdogs? Raise your hand if you think you know, you've been an underdog your whole life. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would raise my hand. I'd raise my hand. Underdogs who triumph are ones who experience comebacks. Here's the second version of comebacks. Top dogs who crash but return to the top. You, you've seen people who when they crash and fall... They make it back up. Gritty people just know how to get back up. You've also seen people who life knocks them down, a spouse knocks them down, work knocks them down, whatever the case may be, and they stay down. Out for the count. You should know that New Hope Church is a gritty church. You should know if you consider this your church home, and that's most of you, what it means to be a new hoper is to be gritty. Maybe I've never said it like that, but I, I mean, I just look at our story. And, uh, you know, I can remember being one month out from a grand opening date in January 2002, one month out, and not having a place to meet and worship. And everything we tried to do, we just kept getting set back, set back, set back. But we would not take no for an answer. And so with one month left, God led me to walk into East Chapel Hill High School where I met a principal who loved the Lord. And in one month, he opened up the school so we could launch our church there 16 years ago. I can remember being at the strip mall. Those of you who know our history. Oh, my Lord. We had church in a strip mall. I told God I never wanted to pastor a church in a strip mall. And God said, good, that's nice to know your opinion. Your butt's going to a strip mall. <laughs> and it was, speaking of the word butt, it was butt ugly. And we were there, but, but God used that to position us to land in the South Point Mall area where we would then go multi-site and start launching campuses all over the Carolinas and beyond. We didn't have a place. We, we, we were about to be homeless again. And I'm at the state fair striking up a conversation with a guy in a line getting ready to get on a ride. And the next thing I know, I'm meeting Johnny McConnell. And Johnny, if you just so happened to be watching this, I just want to say thank you again. Because I met a stranger at the state fair in Raleigh, North Carolina. And before I knew it, God was orchestrating two paths that would enable us to land 36 acres of land right here in the epicenter of North Carolina. Setback after setback after setback because we believe setbacks can become God's divine setup for a comeback. That's who we are. And just so you know, our Lord and Savior, the founder of the church, was the grittiest person to ever grace planet earth. 
I know we don't typically read the scriptures through the lens of grit, but maybe you want to do that this week. Maybe for the rest of this series, you want to start reading the Gospels and you want to actually look at Jesus and run him through the filter of grit. He was the grittiest God-man to ever walk planet Earth. Easter's right around the corner. I think it's like 76 or 77 or 75 days or something like that from now. Hard to believe. So we might as well start thinking about some Easter passages. Open up your Bible, if you would, to Mark 14 or your tablet, whatever the case may be. And this is the great passage of Scripture where Jesus Christ gets to the end of his life. He's staring the cross in the eye, talking about grittiness. And he enters into the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember the passage? I want you to read this with me through the lens of grit. I'll read the first part. I'll tell you where we might read along together. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I what? So they're in Gethsemane. Jesus says, hey, here's what I want you to do. Just pray. I'm going to go do the hard work. I'm going to go commune with the Father. I'm going to go get ready for the cross. You just sit here and pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. Have you ever been deeply distressed and troubled? Yes, all of us. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Again, have you ever been facing something that you just kind of wished and prayed that it would pass? Oh, my Lord. Are some of you there right now? So he's agonizing. He's communing with God. He's wishing that this cup would be taken from him. The disciples, he's asked, hey, you guys just sit over there and pray a little bit. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but your will be done. And then if you know your Bibles, you know that this happened three times. He would go away. He'd come back. Every time he would go away, he would ask them to stay awake and pray. Every time he would come back, he found them hitting the snooze button, sleeping. And then the Bible says this, Returning the third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting enough? The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Jesus, if you look at his life, if you look at his death, if you look at his resurrection, if you read the Gospels through the lens, if you will, of grit, you will find the grittiest human being. He was fully human, fully God. You'll find the grittiest God-man to ever grace planet Earth. And the Bible says, follow his example. You say, you say, where do you get that from? Look at Philippians. Philippians. In your relationships with one another... 
have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Won't you read the rest with me out loud? Ready, go. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. You sound great. Let's continue. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Let's continue. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is to the glory of God the Father. Praise his holy name. Gritty. And the Bible says, here's what you need to do. Model your life after him. Let the same mindset that was in Christ be in you. As we continue to follow Jesus, if you're new in the faith, you just kind of need to know this is coming. As you continue to follow Jesus, you will grow in your grittiness if you have the right picture of Jesus. Oh, my Lord. I just thought, side note, forgive me. One of the reasons why Christians have lost their grittiness is that we've turned Jesus into an overly feminized person. Oh, my Lord. One of the problems with the church in America is that the church has become this overly feminized expression as opposed to what it means to be the rugged people of God. Now, women, don't take me the wrong way. Like, I believe in femininity. My wife is one of the most feminine people on the planet. But there's both and, not either or. And one of the reasons why, if you go into any of our campuses, you will notice that we have done some intentional stuff to make sure the church doesn't become this overly feminized, prissy, can I say that in church? Little expression of, of what it means to be the people of God. The church is guilty of declawing the lion of Judah. The church is guilty of turning Jesus into a Mr. Rogers who walks around and tiptoes through the roses. Not realizing that he was a carpenter. He was a man's man. He was one who went to the cross. He was tough. He wasn't some sissy. And the church needs to get back and reclaim, again, holding out the beauty of femininity because the beauty of God is that God is our heavenly father. God is our heavenly parent. God has feminine attributes and God has masculine attributes. God is both and, right? All I'm saying is we've neglected one. We've neglected one. 
And as you grow in Christ, a rightful portrait of Christ, hear me, you will grow in your grittiness. So tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And if I could say that Jesus was the most gritty God-man to ever walk planet Earth, I would submit to you today that the great late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was one of the grittiest human beings on the planet. And most of you know I'm a big, big fan of his. And he, he talks about suffering in this book, A Testament of Hope. And he, if you want a great book to read, this is a good one. And he, this is his sermons. And he talks about the fact that this was right after he had been receiving death threat after death threat. And, and King never liked to talk about being knocked down. He never liked to talk about suffering. But in this particular interview, he got asked about it. And, and his point in the, in the book here, and I won't read it now, is that basically as he kept getting knocked down, and again, the first thing he said is, I don't like to talk about this. But as he kept getting knocked down, he started to realize that it was through the setbacks, through the knockdowns, that God was actually teaching him to follow in the way of Christ. This is Philippians 2 text that I'm talking about. And so on this Martin Luther King weekend, I have some really big news that I want to share with you. I want to invite you to, uh, to go on a journey with me. But first of all, I thought it would be really, really powerful if we just sit in the moment today and actually experience his dream and listen to the grittiness that would, would, would be required to pursue such a dream. Check it out. Free at last, free at last, 
Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Come on, church. His grittiness still impacts our nation. And the dream lives on. And I don't know if you're aware of this or not. But right after Easter of this year, as a nation, we will remember and commemorate the 50th anniversary of the assassination of who I like to call Preacher King. Because we can sometimes as a nation turn him into a civil rights activist, and he was, into a, a great orator, and he was. But let us never forget Martin Luther King Jr. was a preacher of the gospel. That was his number one calling. And I want to invite you at all of the campus locations, I actually want to invite you to go on a road trip with me. First time I've announced this. This is, this is brand new. So lean in if you're interested in this. We're calling it the Remember the Preacher King road trip. I want to invite you to come join Amy Lynn and I as we're going to jump on a charter bus. Literally jump on a charter bus. And we're going to take off across the country. We're going to go to places like Atlanta, Memphis, Montgomery, Selma. And we're going to remember and commemorate the assassination of this great preacher prophet. I'm going to preach sermons along the way. And we're going to actually meet up with, I think could be, we're not sure yet, but could be hundreds of thousands of Christians in Memphis to remember the assassination. It's going to be a big deal in our nation. It's going to be a historical event. Let me walk you through this. Grab your connect card or your teaching notes because if you're interested, you want to write this down. We are going to depart on Monday, April 2nd. That is the Monday after Easter Sunday. Don't expect much from me on that Monday. Don't ever expect much from me on Mondays. It's a holy hangover kind of day. I'm not even sure I'm a Christian before noon on Mondays. It's a joke, people. Lighten up. <laughs> Monday, April 2nd, we're going to depart. We're going to drive to Atlanta. That's our first stop. We're going to visit the birthplace of MLK Jr. We're going to visit the King Center in Atlanta. Tuesday, we're going to get back in the charter bus, and we're going to drive two and a half hours to Birmingham and Memphis to enjoy the downtown waterfront, tour the Kelly Ingram Park and 16th Baptist Church. And that is the day that we're going to join thousands of others in service to commemorate his 50th year since his unfortunate assassination. Wednesday, April 4th, we're going to go to Memphis. The celebration will continue there. And that's where the big uh, commemoration is going to be in Memphis, Tennessee. Thursday, April 5th, we're going to drive five hours to Selma and Montgomery, Alabama. We're going to walk across the Edmund Pettus Bridge where King and so many others marched. We're going to drive to the Montgomery Courthouse 
we're going to stay overnight in Montgomery. And on Friday, we're going to get back in that nice charter bus and we're going to drive back to RDU. If you're interested in going, and I don't know if it'll be one person or a hundred people. The charter bus holds 50. We'll get two if we need to. We'll do one if we need to. I have no idea who's going to go with me. But if you want to go, here's what I want you to do. I want you to mark your connect card. Just mark your connect card today and just put interested in the Preacher King tour. If you'd rather send an email, send an email to preacherking at newhopechurch.org. Preacherking at newhopechurch.org. We're going to go and backtrack, if you will, in the footsteps of this great preacher prophet who has deeply impacted our nation and impacted your pastor deeply. Okay, let's get back to grittiness. Grittiness, grittiness. Are you a gritty person? That's my question because I want to talk to you about three different ways that you can develop grit in your life, and I'm going to fly through these, so get ready. We're going to go to the three different ways to, uh, uh, to step into some grittiness. Here's the first one. We're going to pray earnestly that God will grant you grit like Jesus. If you want to increase your grittiness, if you want your life to start to resemble sandpaper on the gritty side, then you have to start with prayer. Pray earnestly that God will grant you what? Grit like Jesus. Here's the second thing. Listen to motivational speakers who talk about grit. Like, we listened to a comedian earlier, by the way. I don't know if some of you, some of you, some of you have a problem with, with joy. <laughs> I didn't expect that response right there. I, I really didn't. That's interesting. I mean, I mean, some of you literally look like you eat a sour onion sandwich for breakfast every day. And I want to say two things to you. One is I love you. And I'm glad you're at this church with your sour puss self. I really am. I really am. <laughs> but listen to me. You can work on learning to laugh more. You, you can work on being more joyful. And one of the ways in which I think it's okay to do, and this is why I showed you that video clip earlier, listen to some comedians. I mean, there's nothing wrong with listening to comedians. Now, make sure comedians can be pretty vulgar and crass and on the, on the dark side. But you find great comedians and you listen. In the same way, if you want to increase your grit, listen to gritty motivational speakers. I'm going to give you one, just one. Go online this week. Write this down. Don't miss this. Angela Duckworth had a TED Talk on grit. All you got to do is Google Angela Duckworth TED Talk. Or just Google, go to TED Talks and just search for grit. One of the most viewed videos of, of all time with, with this, uh, this talk on grit. She is an amazing communicator about grit. Here's the third one. When you get knocked down... Shake it off and step up. Say that with me. When you get knocked down, shake it off and step up. Regardless of where you are, I believe each one of us can increase our grittiness. And this is what I'm praying for you. One final story will demonstrate this for you today. 
One day, a donkey fell into a well. And the animal cried for hours like only a donkey can do as the farmer tried to figure out what to do. And finally, the farmer got a little exasperated, so he gathered his friends around, and they kept trying to get the donkey out of the well, but to no avail. I'm a poet, and I didn't even know it. They, they, I make them rhyme every time. Anyway, well, I need to stop. I need to stop. They, they kept trying to, to get the donkey. Y'all crazy. Kept trying to get the donkey out of the, the well, and they couldn't. So finally the old farmer said, you know what? It's just not worth it. And he went to the barn, and he got a bunch of shovels, and he gave them to the friends. And they started taking shovels of dirt and throwing it in the well on top of the donkey. Glory. <laughs> finally, and the donkey just kept crying and, and, you know, howling. But finally the donkey grew quiet. And they just kept with every spade of dirt, boom, boom, into the well. Finally, the, the donkey, I guess, had an idea. And, and the donkey finally realized that every time some dirt would land on his back, all he had to do was shake it off and step up. And they kept throwing dirt on him, and the donkey kept shaking it off and stepping up. I came, by, I came by to let you know today that it's not good news, but life and people will throw dirt on you. They will throw dirt all on you. Some will throw it in your face, and some will throw it on your back. It will come. If you, if you are going to be a gritty person, you are going to have to learn how to do what? Shake it off and step up. Shake it. In fact, I see some of you that want to do this. Stand to your feet at all of our campuses. I'm going to stretch some of you right now. I'm going to stretch you. I'm going to stretch you. I'm going to stretch you. If you're going to be a gritty person, life's going to knock you down, church. People are going to throw dirt on you. But if you're going to develop grit, pray that God might give you grit. Listen to gritty people. Get around gritty people. And lastly, you just got to learn when it hits you, shake it off. Step up. Oh, you did better than I thought you would. No, we're not done. Oh, we're not done. At all of the campuses, what you going to do, church? You going to do what? You going to shake it off? Step up. A little bit more. I need, I need a little more shake. I need a little bit more shake. I need a little bit. One more time. What you going to do, church? You going to shake it off? Step up. Father, we love you today. Father, we love you today, Lord. We love you. We thank you that you embodied grit in your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we lay our lives before you today. God, we thank you that you have us on the pathway of a comeback. God, we believe the best is yet to come. Father, we are going to embark upon 2018, realizing and understanding that it starts with the power of praise. We're going to praise you, Lord God, wherever we are in life. We're going to praise you. But, Lord, we're going to also practice grit, the power of grit. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters here today. Would you pour out your spirit upon each and every one of them? And would they learn, oh God, would they learn that as they worship you rightly, as they get into your word and follow you faithfully, they will become People of grit. People who, who might get knocked down, but they learn how to shake it off and step up 
Father, we give you our lives today, and we pray that it would be so in Jesus' name. And the people of God said together, amen, amen, and amen.